I'm Megan Skidmore, and this is Beyond the Shadow of Doubt. I am a woman, daughter, sister, spouse, mother, life coach, and person of faith on a mission to normalize asking questions and allowing doubts, not only in a faith journey, but in all aspects of life. Join me in bringing this traditionally taboo topic out of the shadows of shame and into the sunlight. I'm a firm believer that we normalize through more talking and having more discussion. When we're more authentic about our journey, we are more powerful because shame has no power in the face of authenticity. Come join me in Hopeful Spaces, a Dallas Hope Charities component of Hopeful Discussions, which is sponsored by Mercedes-Benz Financial Services USA. Hopeful Spaces is a monthly parent, caregiver, and ally support group facilitated by Megan Skidmore Coaching. To join is free. Simply send an email to chc at dallashopecharities.org. In continuation of Pride Month and bringing increased awareness to the LGBTQ space, I invited Councilwoman Julie Spilsbury to share her transformation from a conservative religious mother of six to a fierce ally of the LGBTQ community. What ensued was a passionate dialogue emphasizing the importance of conflict transformation and how it can help create opportunities for sharing of personal stories within faith communities to encourage understanding and empathy. My profound thanks to Julie for following your heart in leading with love, particularly towards our LGBTQ plus friends and loved ones. This is bonus episode number 36, part two, or the rest of the story and continuation of the conversation I had with Council Member Spilsbury from episode 35. And I grew up with a lot of black and white thinking and and the culture that we're in, there's a lot of black and white thinking. And I mean, I, I could pretty much bring up every topic, every issue that I used to think was black and white and say, nope, not black and white. Like everything's much more complicated. And so you do, you have to kind of figure out where that middle part is. And it's really challenging. Like there's nothing easy about it. I think it's so challenging that for many, at least in the beginning, their initial response is to shy away or to resist or to, uh, I don't know, ignore, deny Mm -hmm. that it's there because that's, it's going to require leaning into some pretty significant discomfort. It's going to Mm -hmm. require challenging for some, some very long held belief systems. I think for most people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, so what struck me when you were sharing how you had conversations with trans individuals, you were able to listen to them from an open space whatever that means for you. But before you could come to that place, you had to allow yourself to lean into some uncomfortable space, meaning challenging, wait, this is what I've thought, or this is what I understood. And that's one of the things I love about Papa Osler is he he uses this term, I pretty much erased my hard drive and decided mm-hmm. I needed to reprogram myself by speaking to the individuals for whom I had incorrect uh, ideas, information, 
thoughts about right i so two saturdays ago was the all conference that arizona yes. so arizona has yes uh-huh an all group that um arizona lds lgbtq conference and we went my husband and i went and there was a transgender woman that spoke and the culture wars right now like we see it right like transgenders are just getting absolutely i mean destroyed in, in media and she came out later her wife stayed with her i think they have four or five kids um i know who you're talking about I've yes she uh -huh. she just bore this beautiful testimony of the gospel of jesus christ and i'm sitting there there's a couple hundred people there and i wanted everyone i knew i wanted every single one of my friends and book club friends and ward friends and family members that think something about transgender mostly women is what is in the news and sit and listen to her to bear her testimony because i don't think anyone would believe that that could be coming out of a transgender woman's mouth and it was beautiful I don't know if they would all sit and listen to it. They might get up and walk out, but I was right. so touched by that. I was so, it was, it was a beautiful conference. Michael Soto spoke as well. And um, Charlie Bird ended it. And it, I mean, it was just, it was beautiful. And it, it like all of this in this space does, it changed me again, right? It made my heart bigger again. It made me feel more love again. And it's just, it's incredible that but it's hard, right? So to willingly go into a space where you know is going to be uncomfortable and challenge your beliefs is really difficult. You know, my hope by speaking with you is to really contribute to this normalization, that this is something that we all, if we haven't yet, we will experience in life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Life is just not that cut and dry. It's just not that black and white. I mean, for those particularly who come from a conservative faith background, we know that there's, you know, purposes to our, our earthly sojourn here. And I believe progression and growth and development mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is a big part of that. And I know that's something that our faith as well as other faiths believe as well. And that's why I feel strongly about sharing stories of people who are willing to speak openly about their faith journeys and how it pivoted in ways they didn't anticipate just like you mm -hmm. talked about mm -hmm. you would never have guessed this would have been a part of your story even just three years ago yeah <laughs> like not that long no idea ago. no no literally like three years ago from right now that's crazy yeah so if you can think back to when you were first presented with some of these ideas that didn't coincide necessarily with what you had been taught what you had grown up believing. I think that's usually the most painful point is when you are in this place, it's kind of a liminal space. Well, I don't know. The liminal doesn't seem to yes. go away. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> uh, you're in this space of it's, it's taking a, a jump. It's taking a leap of faith to consider that, wait a minute. I don't know everything because certainty we think feels good certainty we think feels assuring oh, and it feels safe <laughs> yeah but i've actually found over the course of my journey to the uncertainty actually is mentally more healthy really 
Well, and that, that's absolutely, yeah, how we grow and progress is through that, yeah. right? Because like, so, I mean, I grew up with just amazing parents. My dad was a seminary teacher. Um, like I grew up with a very, very strong LDS background and it's everything to us. And mm -hmm. I married someone just like that. And I think one of my spiritual gifts is that I'm a believer. I've, I've really never questioned, right? Same. So to Same. have all of this hit and start feeling things about the church or about leaders or about certain things that that i couldn't reconcile was just <laughs> i mean beyond unsettling and painful right like i used to love watching general conference there was no better weekend and now i get right. a little nervous and i used to love going to church every sunday and now every single sunday i get a little nervous because i don't know what's going to be said luckily i'm in young women's and <laughs> and we have a great group of of women that are in there and so but sunday school stresses me out sacrament meeting stresses me out and i just sometimes i think like i wish i didn't have to feel this way like i wish i could go back but then i go no i don't <laughs> why would i ever want to go back to that when my heart has expanded and grown i like to say that my heart was broken and that as it broke it got bigger I and love it, that. it got more room right for everyone and that's what's also been just so incredible that as I've been given this incredible deep love for the LGBTQ community, it's opened my eyes to every other marginalized community. Yes. And if Jesus did anything, it was be with the marginalized people. So it's helped me understand Christ better. It's helped me feel of his love for me better and feel of his love for everyone else better. It's been amazing. Why would I ever want to give that up? Why would I ever want to go back to my limited view of that when it could be so much more expansive so I, I would do it again over and over and over again and the people my husband my children my sister like people that have gone through this with me they feel the exact same way right like we would never want to go back to the black and white the <laughs> without without knowing what people's experiences are and, and why church is hard sometimes and you know like we right. would never want to go back yeah I I'm in the same place as you. I would not either. And I, I relate to some of your feelings of not knowing what to expect, right? Because of the things that you know, and that you can't deny and the things that you feel very deeply mm -hmm. in your heart, in your soul, to your bones. And you know that there are folks who some of those words land on their ears and it's painful and because you care about them so much and you want them to feel seen and heard and loved, it is a, it is a tricky space talking specifically, you know, you mentioned before you go to church, like not knowing what to expect. Right. I think it is so important to talk about our faith communities, to talk about what we talk about mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. um, and creating safer spaces in creating spaces where the goal isn't all of us to agree with one another, but creating a space where we have the opportunity to share what's on our heart, because mm -hmm. human experience is as varied as there are number of humans on the planet or that have been on the planet or, or that will be on the planet, right? So how, how could it not be that we all bring something different to the table? Yeah. And we don't do that very well. <laughs> we, we think that like, 
we don't to keep You're the right. peace or to be to have unity means we all have to agree and you can't bring up anything controversial or a difference of opinion or I mean we just my so my husband's actually he went back to school and he's doing a degree in peace and conflict studies and my daughter that just graduated mm. from Utah State um, she's getting a master's this fall in conflict transformation she did a peace building certificate at Utah State I mean this is very much what we talk about all the time in our family is is conflict and the power of conflict and and the transformation that's why conflict transformation is the word it's the phrase because we are transformed through that conflict and you know it's it's like a muscle you have to tear physically tear that muscle apart for it to get stronger and we all know how painful that is to build stronger mm -hmm. muscles so why do we expect you know our relationships and stuff without that conflict without a little bit of pain doing it the right way because there's a right way and a wrong way to do it right um so but that that's where we're transformed is through that conflict and so it's it's pretty powerful tell me a little bit more about what you mean by the right way i'm intrigued by that because of how <laughs> well, i i'm in this space of there's lots of ways but i think you're talking more about safety and not about tearing somebody down you're talking about right and and keeping contention out of it right like like contention, we, we want to make conflict and contention synonymous and they're not. Do. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I think conflict has gotten a bad rap for a very long time. Right. Conflict is not contention. And I mean, President Nelson's talk was just absolutely beautiful in conference about peace building. And I still think some people will could take his talk and think, well, that means we all have to agree or we all, we can't argue. We can't have any debates right. because we have to, you know, we have to keep the peace or whatever. And so that's what I mean. It's, it's listening, mm -hmm. right. More than you're talking. It's yes. just being respectful. Um, it's yeah. Showing the person that you care. And that that's the only way that hearts and minds are ever changed. Like and, by screaming at the person that you're right and they're wrong and whatever, that's not, that, that yeah. could be called conflict, but that's never going to transform anyone. Right. Right. I think it's important to know what emotion you're feeling as you're, you know, where you're coming from that space that you're coming from. And I think that's going to tell you if this is something that you're, that you're approaching more from a place of, you know, heightened emotion, mm -hmm. tension, mm -hmm. Um, right with the intent or or hope to prove a point versus from a point from a place of of genuine curiosity or a, a place of genuine interest wanting to understand and i love that you brought up listening more than talking and i would add especially when the person's sitting across from you that well and this is going to be pretty much in every case i suppose but <laughs> when you haven't experienced what they have. I loved how yeah. Chieko Okazaki, she had, she gave this talk called a walk in my Zori. Zori was a Japanese word for shoes. And even in, as far back as the nineties, Chieko was encouraging us to walk in another's shoes rather yeah. than tell them how they are living their life. And that even goes for people that we think are wrong, <laughs> that we disagree yes. with. Like I, I, I'm really good at listening to people's stories when they're the marginalized and they've had a hard time and I feel a lot of love and compassion. I have a harder time listening when I'm across from someone who I very much disagree with or who I've seen posting a lot of things on Facebook I disagree with, but like they also have a reason why they think that yes. way. And so that's harder 
to just listen to them because I want to like tell them why they're wrong and I want to tell them you know all the things I disagree but it's it really is like the listening piece is key to building that relationship of trust anyway you know that, we could go on and on about no, that that's, but. <laughs> that's a really interesting point that I'd love to I'd love to take just another second on I think sometimes and you tell me what you think particularly for those of us of the LDS faith and by extension other conservative faiths yeah living here in in Dallas there's a lot of of conservative faiths right but sometimes I think when we hear somebody share something that goes quote unquote I'm doing my little quote marks here goes against (laughs) our beliefs for some reason what comes up for us is this need to defend this need to witness or testify well I know that this is and and then whatever whatever issue you're talking about almost like it's a duty, almost mm-hmm. like, yes, if they it's don't, calling. <laughs> yes. Or, mm-hmm. and if they don't, that it almost speaks to they're they're not a true believer or they're not a good Christian or person of faith. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, this gets brought up all the time. Um, a really dear friend of mine in my ward, um, her and her husband were, were, absolutely on the opposing side of the non-discrimination ordinance and recently she talked to me about it and okay. we hadn't had a conversation Fun. about it and <laughs> I know and so I was like hey I gotta put all the things I believe to the test here and she said one of the things she said to me was she said we've been really trying to understand we love you and your husband so much and we've been trying to understand how you could possibly feel the way you feel And she said, so we've been trying to do some learning and we've been listening to some podcasts and reading books and we're trying to understand, which I thought was amazing. Yes. They're older than we are. And she said, we're not there yet, but we're trying. And I said, that is amazing. Like I just, I told her how much that meant to me that she's even trying. But what she said to me was, Julie, when is it the right time though, to stand up for like the traditional family or to our belief, right? Like when, when do we be Captain Moroni is what she said. Okay. And I said, you know what I've learned? And I don't know if this is the right answer, but this is what feels true to me that it's not, <laughs> there's never like, I've just come to realize that's not what we're called to do. We're called to love. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're supposed to tell people what their journey is. It's not, you know, like, damn and and hallelujah. Right. I know. (laughs) So I just said, I don't, I don't have to be Captain Ronai. I get to just try to be like Jesus Christ. And I think we get that wrong a lot. We have a lot of scripture stories about war and about, Mm -hmm. you know, the waving the flag to defend our family and our freedoms. Cause I know that, that my friends that believe that, really deeply I love that about them that they feel like they're defending their family and their freedom but (laughs) that's not how we do it like it's just I don't know I just feel like that doesn't change people when you tell someone that they're wrong or that they're evil or that they whatever you know fill in the blank that doesn't that doesn't ever change any hearts but love does I think any themes along the lines of war or battle or opposing sides for me, that's just going to be a almost instant. It's wall. us versus them. Yep. It's it's a it's a wall that goes up. It's it's not conducive to trust building. Right. Uh, 
my husband and I have a secret wish that, well, not so secret since I'm saying it on a podcast, but that when they come out with the new hymn book, they'll take out all the war, the war hymns. Like onward Christian soldiers and Just all the, all the marching. things that we think we're fighting against this big bag evil world. And, you know, that's not gathering Zion. That's not building the kingdom is, is to only gather yeah. people who agree with us and look like us and act like us. Exactly. Like, so, I agree. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I would just love a shift in the focus, mm-hmm. focus yeah. toward more, like you say, love, love. And is I mean, truly... if you listen to the prophet, that's what he said. <laughs> I, I, I honestly believe love is the greatest mm-hmm. power. It, it is the greatest motivator. Yeah. It is the greatest change maker. And when you leave, it's with the love, answer to everything. I agree. I, <laughs> amen, sister. Everything. It is. Love is always the answer. If when in doubt, mm-hmm. when I ask myself, when I'm in doubt, I ask, what would love do? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel. It's kind of the only thing I feel very confident about anymore. <laughs> and it's you know, the main thing. I, I think, same. you know, I don't really know a lot of things anymore, but I do know that we have heavenly parents who love us and created us and a savior, Jesus Christ, who died for us. And I know yeah. that that's all about love and love is the only thing that I feel hundred percent confident in. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's plain to me and hopefully to our listeners um, that by you being willing to lean into asking questions and allowing doubts to, that have come up for you over the past years, it has not just helped you in your discipleship. I would say it has radically reformed it. It has Mm -hmm. changed it from, we could almost say burned it down and you built it back up (laughs) on more fertile ground. Mm -hmm. In in many ways, I almost feel like that's what it's been for me and most certainly deepened my, my faith and my relationship with the divine. I, none of that has changed for me. If anything, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's deeper, it's greater, more expansive, broader, more all-encompassing. Any other thoughts that you, that are, have come up for you that you wanted to touch on as we've been chatting? No, I just, I guess I, I wish we could do it better. I wish we could talk about hard things better. I, we recently had a conversation with some of our LGBTQ friends and when topics are politicized, then it makes them really, really emotionally charged and it makes it hard to talk about anything. So like, if you bring up anything that has to do with LGBTQ right now, it immediately becomes that politically charged issue. And so I wish we could like learn to talk and have conflict, (laughs) um, hard conversations around other topics, maybe that aren't politically charged. Like, I just wish we had a way to do it better so that we could have some of those conversations in Sunday school or Relief Society or something so that when the harder topics came up, we would have an example of how we could do that, even with a harder topic that's more politicized. So I don't know. I mean, you homelessness and immigration and like there's, yeah. I mean, even sex trafficking, I'm on a board for sex trafficking and for, to, to combat sex trafficking and help girls coming out of sex trafficking. And sometimes I just really can't understand why in the world that's a political issue. <laughs> I mean, you know, just all of these topics, like these are human issues. These are people who are suffering. And when we look at it through a political lens, 
we're, we're really stopping that learning and that growth from happening. And so I just, I don't know, I don't know what the solution there is, but I just really wish we could do better at it. So <laughs> I, I hear that. I think it begins first and foremost in our homes and then by expansion, our faith communities. I think those are two very real and very important places to foster open communication and, yeah. and what you talked about conflict, um, what did you call it? Transformation. Transformation. <laughs> yeah. That's, those, those are both really amazing, necessary concepts. And I just remembered one thing I wanted to just, this sure. is a whole nother thing, but, I, but it's exciting because we have this young, new young bishop and he thought really strongly about teaching the youth about the gospel topic essays, which I wish there was an LGBTQ gospel topic essay, but mm -hmm. those were written in 2013. They're on the church's website in the gospel library app, and most people don't know about them. And he felt strongly that the kids be presented with this and in a safe place, right? That's centered on Jesus Christ. And he asked my husband and I to teach it. And so we've done it twice now. And we've gotten to teach these youth in our ward that it's okay to ask questions, that it's okay to be confused about things, that it's okay to have things not feel right, but still focus on Jesus Christ and where we see Christ through these, some of these issues and topics. So we've taught Heavenly Mother, Race in the Priesthood, Woman in the Priesthood, the Peace and Violence. Those are some of the essays we've talked on. And it's just exciting to me to realize that. But like, then you wonder if they go home and say it to their parents and their parents are like, what? Or what are you talking about? Or why would you even want to look into that? Right? Like, as you were talking about, that needs to happen in their home. I just love that our bishops wanting to open our youth's mind to the opportunity to ask questions and stuff. It's that's exciting to me. You know, you were talking about um, how politics can really get in the way and keep us from just seeing each other authentically. And and by extension, I would say all the external things that mm -hmm. that keep our focus external, like social norms mm -hmm. or gender roles. Yes. Familial yes. expectations, um, politics, all of those things focus on the external. And one thing I have found and learned for myself as a parent of an LGBTQ child, what LGBTQ folks are forcing the rest of us to do is look past the external mm -hmm. and see their hearts, yes. focus on things that aren't necessarily, they're not clothes. They're not mm -hmm. shoes. They're mm -hmm. not a profession. They're not um, uh, religious observances. Mm -hmm. They're none of those things. What, what it's forcing us to do is see someone's heart, to, to get to know them on a very personal level, what they like, what they don't like, what their talents and gifts are, what, what they bring to the table. They, we all have a purpose here on this earth. They're not excluded oh, I love that. from that. Yeah. And I think that's where the challenge really is, is we are so used to defining ourselves externally. Right. And this is a, is this truly forcing us to see one another's souls. And, and truly we need them. <laughs> like we not because it's the right do. thing to do, but because we are missing out on all of their gifts and their talents and their hearts when we yes, don't make absolutely. church be a warm, welcoming place. And that's why I stay, right? Because I can do more good from inside to make it create, try to create a place of belonging because we 
desperately need them. We need yeah. their beautiful, beautiful. We spirits. absolutely do. You yeah. know, I'm so grateful I was able to arrange this interview with you before June. June is Pride Month, as you know, and mm -hmm. so I will be publishing this episode sometime in June. And, you know, really for me, <laughs> pride is year round. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but it is an opportunity to perhaps lean into some of these tougher conversations and yeah. let go of previously held, perhaps politi politicized views. You know, I made an invitation last year to folks to put a flag in their yard. I remember once upon a time where a flag meant something political to me anyway, mm -hmm. but I, mm -hmm. I've owned my viewpoint of, of what a flag is. And for me, it's simple. It's, it's like the bracelet I wear, right. <laughs> it's, it's signifying to others. I am a safe space. I'm not right. going to judge you. I'm going to love you for who you are not in spite of who you are or because others don't, I'm going to just, because you are worthy, you are a child mm -hmm. of our heavenly parents. Yeah. And I know you have much to offer and I know I could learn from you. I mean, all of those things. So beautiful. I love that. So for me, um, June is a, is an opportunity to take a look and see, you know, what are some things that I might be able to do a little better, show a little more. And just, love. and just in case anyone listening thinks that I've got this all figured out and that I'm so good at it, I'm terrified to put a flag in my front yard. So just to be real, <laughs> I'm terrified because yeah. most of the people on my street would be very upset if they saw a pride flag. And so it's hard for me. It's hard. I wear my heart pinned to church and I've gotten over that fear, and but I, it's still hard. That's, that's a valid point. And so for me, bringing that up doesn't mean I think that's what everybody needs to do. We all have our own ways of communicating our love, our acceptance, our, and I don't even use the word tolerance to me. That just shouldn't even be, it's right. It's, it's love. It's I yes. like you, I feel Christ in the margins. That is where yeah. I have come closer to my savior is, yeah. is, um, I, and, I, and you know what, maybe it is the right thing to put a flag. I'm just acknowledging the very real aspect that it's still hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about as, as a big of LGBTQ ally as you could get. And I don't shy away from that. And I still can't quite get myself to put a flag in my yard. So, I mean, just, just cause it's still, we still live a life with people and it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, life is messy <laughs> and complicated. And yeah. I appreciate you being totally open and honest about yeah. that. Yeah. There's lots of ways to depoliticize these issues and right. lots of ways to show love and Absolutely. care. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Well, I could just continue okay. to talk. I know. Sorry. We've been talking. Forever. No, no, no apologies ever. <laughs> I always like to, to wrap up with one of my favorite questions. And that is what does it mean to you to live beyond the shadow of doubt? You know, I really was, I saw that on your question list and I've been trying to decide how to answer it. And the only thing that kept coming back to me is love <laughs> that I already talked about. But that to me is how I, that's how I best exemplify what the savior means to me. And that's all I know beyond a shadow of a doubt is to just love with all of my heart. Our family scripture is um, Moroni 7:48, and it says um, that ye may be filled with this love, 
which we have to bestow upon all followers who are of ascension as Christ. But what I came to realize is that that love, the same love that I feel from him is the same love that I, that he gives me to feel towards others. And that's really powerful to me. And it's got, that's, that's the, that's the way it goes. <laughs> we can't love others till we feel it ourselves. And when we feel it ourselves, we can't help but love others. So that's what I know without a shadow of a doubt. And I would add, it's not pie. There is enough for everyone. And the more you give it away, the more (laughs) it comes back to you tenfold, hundredfold. That is so amazing. I love that definition. Wow. I don't know if I've cried more in yours or Papa (laughs) Osler's interview. (laughs) One of my heroes. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to release his next, well, during June as well. Wonderful. That's great. So thank I thank you t- so much. You're so welcome. So I have a few for funsies questions, one or two okay. answers. This is just to kind of get okay. to know you a little bit more. And I, th- <laughs> I never tell anybody about these. So, okay. Wow. What is your favorite book? Funny enough, it's little woman. And I want that to be my grandma name is Marmy. All my kids know it. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't have grandkids me. yet, but <laughs> my daughter calls me that. I know she's oh. trying to you know, butter up to me if right, called right. Marmy. Marmy. <laughs> My adopted daughter calls me Marmy. That's her mom oh, name I love for me. That. Yeah. Anyways, so much. I love Are her. You... I love Marmy and Little Woman. So <laughs> yes, I think we all do. Yeah. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Oh, I am the most extroverted extrovert you've ever come across, and <laughs> the pandemic was the worst thing in the world for me. <laughs> I will talk to anyone that I ever run across and I get a lot of energy from it. So yes. Oh, I love it. So amazing. Mm. Are you a night owl or a morning mark? Um, I have never in my life in 45 years liked getting up in the morning. So (laughs) (laughs) the night owl is getting early and earlier as I get older, but I still don't like my morning. Yeah. Same. Totally the same. (laughs) Uh, Who is your favorite artist? Oh, my favorite artist. That is so hard. I can think of so many off the top of my head. I really have, are you talking about visual arts or like musical arts? You get to fill in that blank. Yeah. Either. You can tell me your favorite of both. Okay. Well, I love Amber Eldridge, the color Amber. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but I have been following her on Instagram the last couple of years and her art is just so beautiful. You, You would love it. Yeah, the color amber. Okay. And uh, my favorite artist is Coldplay, but I have to say David Archuleta is like my heart. (laughs) I've been obsessed with him for years and years and years, and I love him, and I love him even more now. So, (laughs) I do too. Anyways, do you have a celebrity crush? I do not. Isn't that funny? I'm not really into. No, I'm not really into (laughs) celebrities. It's so funny. I like probably David Archuleta would be my. There you go. Okay, that works. (laughs) But only because I'm completely obsessed with his voice. So it's an amazing one. What about? Do you do still or carbonated water, or are you a soda like diet soda fan? I am a ridiculous amount of diet Dr Pepper. Yeah. Have you tried the strawberries and gets me cream? Through. I have. It's, it's so delicious. good. It's my it favorite so right now. It's my yeah. favorite. 
Okay, and the last yeah. one, furthest place you've traveled. Oh, I've been to Ethiopia. My parents served a mission there and we went and visited. So that's, wow. that was pretty amazing. Yeah. Have, that's a continent I've not been on yet, but it is yeah. it's on the bucket. My parents list. have served two missions in Africa, but we didn't, they served in um, Swaziland the second time, but we visited Ethiopia about 10 years ago and loved it there. Those people are amazing. So I bet yeah. that was life changing. That was fun. I have a lot more traveling to do. I had so many kids at such a young age that I got a lot of traveling in my future. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Would you please tell everyone where they can find you or even connect with you? If they well, I mean, yeah, questions. just my Instagram is um, still seven. Okay. So that that's um, probably the best way, but um, I would love it if people want to follow any of my council member district two, Mesa district two, or okay. council member Julie Spilsbury. I'm on Facebook yeah. too. I'm easy to find Julie Spilsbury. You'll, you can find okay. me easy. So <laughs> yes, I will leave hmm. that in the show. And I, I do have to say that getting random messages from people after I did the faith matters podcast, um, I did it in June of 2021. So it was yes. about six months. Well, you know, five, four, four or five months after it all happened and getting random messages from people was like incredibly helpful to me, <laughs> strengthened me a lot. So anyways, I love random messages. I love that for you. That's when I first learned of you from that podcast. So this is amazing for me to be able to actually chat with you and hear more about your story and your transformation. We could call it. I just, (laughs) I've loved everything about our conversation. Thank you. It's been so fun. I love to share. (laughs) thank you so much for your time and for being here with us today all right thank you for what you do beyond the shadow of doubt is a proud member of the dialogue podcast network which is a part of the dialogue journal found at dialoguejournal.com forward slash podcast network Founder Eugene England was a Mormon writer, teacher, and scholar who wrote, My faith encourages my curiosity and awe. It thrusts me out into relationship with all creation and encourages me to enter into dialogue. My hope is that this podcast is an extension of that vision. Visit MeganSkidmoreCoaching.com where you can find this podcast as well as additional free resources. Check the podcast show notes on any platform for links to sources cited. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram for more and to send me a DM. To help the podcast grow, please follow, rate, and review, as well as share it with a friend. Music